Hey everybody, this is Carissa Keister from Stillwater Area Public Schools, home of the ponies, and you are listening to Pony Voices. On this show, we celebrate the amazing people of Stillwater Schools and give you an insider's view of what is happening across our district. Not only is our mascot unique, so are our stories. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and settle in for our latest episode. Say the word middle school to grown adults, and you may get some pretty strong reactions. Trust me, I tried it, and here's what I heard from some of our very own Pony staff. I'm trying to think back. Middle school so long ago, I don't even remember middle school. Um, It's very challenging age. There's a lot of emotions going on. It actually feels a little bit like it was a fog, like I don't even really remember. Unpredictability, impulsivity. Uh, I remember as a middle schooler being incredibly awkward. Would I go back to middle school? Not in a million years. We probably all have stories from our own middle school years that still make us feel uncomfortable. Hollywood has made some serious money off of the awkwardness that stems from these formative adolescent years. But are those stereotypes really true here in Stillwater Schools? To find out, I talked with some of our very own middle school students. They all make middle school seem terrifying. They were like, middle school is the worst experience of my life. And I'm like, it's not that bad. It's definitely nerve-wracking for, like, the newer students. My sister warned me about the hallways because those are a pretty big thing. Um, She just warned me to try to stay on the correct side. I'd say the hardest part is probably just staying on top of homework, making sure you don't get behind in classes. That'll really put you behind, and it's definitely hard to get caught back up. They think we can just sit down in one spot for, like, forever, but we can't. The best part about middle school is like uh, the way you get to socialize with friends and teachers. I love the teachers here. They're really good. I've gotten to know all the teachers from each grade. Like the friends you make, the connections you get, it's what you live for. I was happy to hear that our students seem to be having a positive middle school experience. Their comments don't really match up to the images we see on TV, which made me wonder. What are we doing here to ease the stress for our middle school students? For that answer, I decided to talk to a few experts. I'm here with Stillwater Middle School teacher Justin Willman, Oakland Assistant Principal Casey Tverberg, and Danielle Heller, who works in the front office at Stillwater Middle School. As we heard from our staff and students at the start of the podcast, middle school can be awkward and maybe even a little scary. So the obvious question I have for you is, why in the world did you pick middle school? I didn't pick middle school. (laughs) Um, It kind of just found me. It was my first job that I interviewed for and and got the position. And um, if you would have asked me as a student teacher or when I was getting ready to teach, um, I, I was not, middle school was not on my radar. And then I just, I fell in love with it over the first couple of years that I was teaching it. So it's really unique. And like I said, it wouldn't have been my first choice or thought of, um, levels to teach at, but yeah, it's been really fun. I can't see myself anywhere else. What about you, Casey? Why middle school? They, it is something different every day. Like you never know what you're going to get. Um, one day they love you. The next day they may be mad at you. Their emotions are all over the place. Um, you still get to help kind of form, you know, who they are and, um, just how they handle things. And it's small to us, but big to them, like their problems and their situations and whatever. So just teaching them, not just, math and science and social studies but how do we resolve conflict how do we work through something in a healthy way you know and 
teaching them that, and it's it is super fun. I uh, think middle school kind of found me too. We have a joke in the Stillwater Middle School office, at least, that we all work there because we all are still <laughs> middle school students, um, and we have that humor. So, oh, amen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be a middle school student to a to a certain point to work there. So. I love that. That's a good segue. So talk a little bit about your middle school experience. So what kind of middle school students were you? I I was I was a pretty big nerd and just tried to fly as far under the radar as possible. Um, if I wasn't being noticed by my teachers and my peers, um, I was A-okay with that. Like it was the place where I made a lot of like lasting friendships. Uh, elementary school like you're making so many relationships all the time I feel like everybody's your friend in elementary school and then it was middle school that really cemented in some of those relationships that I still have today with uh, good friends that we go back to visit when I go back home from Stillwater to up up in northern Wisconsin so um it's definitely when I found my kind of weird and like connected with other kids that were on that same weird level (laughs) and uh met a lot of good friends like Justin said um Two of my best friends are, are ones I met in sixth grade. So how we survived middle school together, I don't really know. <laughs> I would say I went into middle school also because it was challenging for me. Um, I got good grades. I had to work extra hard, I would say, to get those good grades. I ADHD wasn't really around then, but I definitely got kicked out of class. You set me next to someone, you know, like those little memes, like, no matter who I sit her by, she's still going to talk. Like, I've tried everything. Like, I was that kid. I will talk to everybody in the room, no matter where you put me. I wanted everybody to feel like they belonged and that they had a friend and someone to talk to and whatever else. But I did not have an adult that I really connected with, which is why I, I wanted to go into middle school as well. I love that, how you turned your own middle school experience into mm-hmm. something that you wanted to do as a career to make sure that other kids didn't have that right same on. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, you touched on that, too, a little bit about um, what middle school was like for you. Do you have students like you in your class? <laughs> oh, yeah, a- absolutely. Like, those those kids that are sitting quietly in your room, they're observing everything, mm-hmm. and they're taking notes. Uh, they're kind of, even if they're not outwardly, like, showing you that they're kind of figuring it all out and um, figuring out who they're going to become, like, they're still working at it. I remember, like, when I was in middle school, there was this brief period of time where, like, I think pipe jeans were just kind of starting. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it was cool to wear pipe jeans that were lined with flannel on the inside, and people would peg them up. And... I would have never, like, came out and, like, complimented somebody on their cool pipe jeans with the flannel lining. But I was taking notes, and when that J.C. Penney's catalog came around <laughs> for uh, Christmas shopping, I was all over that trying to find the coolest pair of pipe jeans with flannel in them. So, Circling what you like. Yeah, yes. yep, Mama, I want these, mm-hmm. these, these, and these. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so maybe not J.C. Penney catalogs anymore, but you can relate no. to what our kids are doing trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's that it's that time, like... They're figuring out who they are based on what they're seeing around them. And like, oh, I, I like that person. I want to be more like them. What are they wearing? What are they acting like? Um, and I think that's one of the joys that I have as a middle school teacher. Like, as they're figuring out how to be an adult, showing them how to be a, 
positive contributing adult that can let stuff roll off their back and move forward and keep making progress. So. That's awesome. Casey, you talked a little bit too about your experience. How do some of the experiences you had in middle school influence how you work now as an assistant principal? Oh gosh, I see kids like me every day. You know, it's the talkative ones. The teachers try everything that they can. Um, our teachers are awesome. Like they will work and work and work with a kid. Um, but they just don't have, they have 30 some other kids in the class, so it's hard for them to make that connection. So when I get to talk to them, I tell them, like, I was just like you. Like, I totally get it. I struggled too. I talked to everybody. Like, can you see how that's impacting the rest of your class? You know, and then making that time, I think what gets missed is bringing the teacher and the student back together so that they still have that relationship and it's still a trusted adult. Like, just because you struggle one day, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you can't come to my class the next day. It's like, no, it's a fresh start. Hey, we're good. Like, bring them together. And it really, like, the restorative piece of it is something that I really focus on as a leader is being able to restore the relationships, whether it's peer-to-peer, teacher-to-teacher, teacher-to-kid, pa- like, family-to-school, like, whatever it might be. That piece, I think, gets missed in a bunch of schools or districts, and I think that's a really important piece, and that's kind of how I bring that to the table at my building. There is a lot of drama in middle school. I mean, I think I remember (laughs) that from going to middle school myself. And, of course, we see it on TV every day, Mm -hmm. all the the drama um, in TV and movies. So it's real. Mm -hmm. Tell me developmentally, why is that the case? Can you talk a little bit what's going on with middle schoolers? They're they're responding out of emotion. They're not, when they reach that level, like your critical thinking part of your brain literally shuts off. And you are just all emotional. So, like, you can't even reason with a kid. I can't even have a conversation until I get the student to a a point where they can breathe and they can actually critically think about something and see other perspectives because until you can get to that it's just defensiveness and anger or they're mad and yelling in my office not at me but just it's a like a space for them to do that and then they're crying and you're like okay tell me what you're feeling now like so you it takes time to get them to the point where they can actually have a conversation and identify what they're feeling and then how to work through that with them like eighth grade two specifically they're starting that transition from like looking to the adults in their lives for an example and guidance to looking around them and paying much more close attention to their peers and what Mm -hmm. they what they're doing Mm -hmm. the way they're acting uh their social group becomes such an important piece in in who they're going to become at this age Mm -hmm. so yeah i i I don't know that that i think that's both a beautiful thing that happens in eighth grade Mm -hmm. but it's also one of the challenges that we're up against in eighth grade like still making ourselves relevant in their life and uh, being a voice that they want to hear and listen to and seek for guidance yeah, their inability to make decisions, too, just stemming from, like, the emotional thing. Like, they just don't have the capacity to go through and make some of these decisions. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the ability, like, their brain doesn't work in the future, so it's the here, the now. I'm going to do this now, but I don't think about what's going to happen in an hour or next week or whatever it may be. And so that decision-making, uh, you know, aspect is just not there. And then we add in the emotions, and they can be a, a big, hot mess one hour and then on top of the world next hour yeah so as you talk about that kind of that drama and that up and down and the emotions and all the angst and the energy and the hormones how do you teach how do you teach when you have all this going on (laughs) 
a lot a lot of song and dance <laughs> they um i i don't know i i'm a firm believer that you get the energy mm-hmm. that you put into it so yeah. you know the step one is just you know careful planning that's developmentally appropriate you kind of kind of meet them where they're at um and then you know when 750 when the when the clock hits 750 and it's go time like we're working hard in middle school from 750 to 220 when kids are out of the building um and our breaks during the day I, i don't know about my colleagues but i know i use a portion of my prep and my lunch just to kind of like Mm-hmm. find a quiet spot and decompress mm-hmm. a little bit so that I'm ready to put the show on again for them. And they need it. Like, if you're going to get energy and enthusiasm out of them, you got to pour energy and enthusiasm into what you're doing in front of them. Um, and and love, too. You know, mm-hmm. like, our our eighth graders, well, in our middle schools, middle schoolers in general, they just, they need to feel like we care about them yeah. if they're going to care about the things that we're about us and about the things that we're trying to teach them so that's exactly what I was thinking too like no significant learning happens without a significant relationship so you they are not going to be receptive to what you have to say what you have to teach if they feel like even feel like you don't like them or you have a problem with them or you're mad at them or whatever it might be so it really is that foundation of the relationship like investing the first two weeks three weeks and building the relationship so that you actually have that place in their life well, and, it, and it's something that you got to, like, keep up throughout mm-hmm. the school year, yep. right? You, keep, you continually invest time in that mm-hmm. relationship. Um, I, when Even when I'm not uh, front and center in the classroom, I'm filtering around the room, checking in with mm-hmm. kids, asking them about their weekend, yep. asking them about their break. The days we come back from a long break, uh, my almost my entire focus is just kind of catching up with them and... Yep. Yeah, they need it throughout mm-hmm. the whole year. They need to be reminded constantly that we care about them, uh, we're invested in them, and and hopefully out of that we get a little investment in what we're trying to teach them. And making it fun. Yeah. Like, you have to make it fun. They're middle schoolers. Like you said, like, we all are middle schoolers at heart if you work in a middle mm-hmm. school. Like, you are just like them. You want to have fun, and it is what you make it. Yeah, and you learn what the fun stuff is by mm-hmm. building those relationships. Yep. I mean, that's all middle school is, is building those mm-hmm. relationships. And it's not just teachers or the yep. admin. Like I had one girl come in last week and she beelined right for my desk, just went all the way around right to my chair and just collapsed in my arms. And it was because she broke up with her boyfriend yep. and he was spreading rumors. And, you know, and it was just like, she couldn't do that with a teacher necessarily mm-hmm. in front of the entire class, yep. <laughs> nor would the teacher like, be able to embrace her quite like I got to. Mm -hmm. So it really is just building all those relationships and then using it for fun Mm -hmm. and using it for learning and to just keep them going. What might surprise people about middle school today? We all kind of have the image of what it was like when we were kids. What's different? How has it changed um, in recent years since you were a kid or even just since you started working in a middle school? Social media. Social media. (laughs) (laughs) Social media and phones. Oh, Mm -hmm. that is like... 80% of the drama, maybe even more that comes through, you know, they, they have surpassed the knowledge of some of us who even started to grow up with technology in high school or college or any of that, you know, and they're so smart. They like, they are super smart on technology. They, you will put things in place. Like we have these things in our network that will block games. Well, they'll find ways around that to go play games or get on social media or do videos. And it's supposed to be meant for something positive 
but again, they're impulsive and they don't always think about what they post or they post something and they're mad because it gets spread around. And it's like, if you do struggle at school or someone says something or you're in a conflict, it doesn't stop at school now. Now it carries into the evening and into the morning and then they're coming into your building just fired up, you know, and just that takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, these two went straight to social media, and I, I think uh, you touched on it, like that focus on social emotional learning mm-hmm. that just was, I don't feel like that was present no. when I was going through middle school. And I love that it's a focus because mm-hmm. it's exactly what those kids need. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if they leave my Spanish level one classroom at the end of the year, being able to speak and understand some Spanish, I'm, I'm super excited about that. But you know, be able to control their emotions mm-hmm. and, and be able to express those emotions in healthy ways um, and and know a little bit better uh, how to interact with adults and their peers. Like that's that's the main focus of what they're they're what of what they need and what we're focusing on in middle school. Mm-hmm. Turning them into little adults that are gonna succeed once they move up to the high school. Every new year you get a new group of sixth graders coming in, and they look so tiny when they come mm-hmm. in, um, and a new group of first-time middle school parents. Mm-hmm. So what's the biggest concern you hear from parents and families as they come into the middle school level? I think a lot of our parents come with that anxiety of, is my kid going to be cared for? Are they going to be looked out for? Who's got my kids back when they're, when they're here at the school? With Stillwater Middle School, at least, the parents are almost more concerned with the size of the school. And then uh, moving from class to class, because that's not something they do in elementary school. It brings a lot of anxiety for the kid and a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. for the parents of how they're going to manage. But we we get them through and just reassure them that the office is the best place to start when you have questions. Mm -hmm. And the secretaries don't know what's going on. They'll know who to send you to, at least. (laughs) And I I feel like we nail it nowadays with web. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've had that going on uh, for how many years now? And we're constantly told by our administration um, all the positive parent feedback that we get. Those, you know, taking that day to have only sixth graders in the building yeah. is so valuable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, having that, that freedom and uh, the space without worrying about their seventh and eighth grade peers mm-hmm. at the middle school, um, it's, it's really good for them. You see kids leaving their first day of middle school with smiles on their face and feeling like they've been included and they made some friends along the way. So. I love Web Day. It's fun to watch those sixth graders thrive on that first day of school. I've heard that same concern about the schools being too big, and I think you go from an elementary level, it's just natural to have mm-hmm. some fears. Yeah. Um, but tell me, if, if I was a parent worried about sending my kid, what would you tell me to, to help me feel better? It is different. It is scary for parents. They're sending their baby to a big school of a 1,000 kids, you know, with seven different teachers, and, like, we're going to be here for you. We're going to have your back. Like, please don't hesitate to reach out. Like, I also love the advisory model. Like you go in elementary, you have one teacher for the most part, almost all day, right? And then you go into middle school and you have seven different teachers and an A day and a B day and whatever else. And it's like your advisory teacher is going to be your biggest advocate. Like reach out to the advisory teacher. You know, if you have questions, reach out to us, reach out to somebody. Like we're, we're going to take care of your kid. Yeah, and just know too that, you know, communicate to your child mm-hmm. that the office is not just for kids who are in trouble mm-hmm. um the secretaries are the easiest people to get a hold of in the yeah. entire school because we are always right there and just know that like 
they're going to get you to the right place. And acknowledging it's not going to be easy. Like you may see your kid demonstrate behaviors you have never seen before because there's so (laughs) many new things like parents, I don't ever see them do that at home. And I'm like, I bet you don't. Like it is so different from elementary to middle school. Like just letting normalizing that for parents, like your child is not a bad child. Like they are confused. They're frustrated. Like confusion rocks because then you're learning. Like let us help you. Let us help them. Like it's, you're going to see different behaviors. There's hormones, there's transitions, there's different teachers, classes. They're trying to figure out where they fit. I would just tell parents, as a staff, I think we do a pretty good job of making that big building feel a little mm-hmm. bit smaller and a little bit more close-knit. You know, you mentioned advisory, that advisory program. Um, we're that transition. It's the first thing that they go to in the morning, and it's to help them transition from home to the bus to in, into their mm-hmm. school day. You know, we take some time to check in. We take some time to get to know the kids on a deeper level. Uh, we don't have standards that we're trying to meet in advisory. So it becomes a great place to, like, really have that home base mm-hmm. when you show up to middle school and they get to start their day with it. So, yeah, yeah we, do, we do a pretty darn good job making that big building feel small. So you guys have sold me at middle school. I mean, it sounds like a great place <laughs> to be, but there's probably some still in the community who's like, yeah, no, never, ever, ever would I work in a middle school. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you wish that our community knew and understood about your kids? If you could you could convince people that no middle school's where it's at what would you tell them they're so fun and kooky mm-hmm. like I, I that's why i don't think i could teach at any other mm-hmm. level they're just there's they've got this like energy and spunk but they they've got they've started to develop like the sensibilities of an adult so they're so eager to form relationships yeah. and uh figure out who they're going to be yeah it's fun yeah they're just weird which is the best part and just so sweet at the same time. They're a lot less scary than they appear. So no real surprise. What we've learned today is that middle school students are weird, kooky, and sometimes a little dramatic. But we've also learned that they're really just hungry for relationships, acceptance, and a sense of belonging. Thankfully, that's what they're finding inside the walls of Oakland and Stillwater Middle Schools. If you enjoyed this episode of Pony Voices, please share it with your friends and neighbors. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. Until next time, go ponies! S-E-I-O-H-2-O!